Name's Jace. You know why I'm better than all? Because I've embodied force of Phil. What it do? Fuck Grin. Gonna tell this story like we oughta, like we gotta top to bottom from beginning, and I'll show you how we scope mines. Little baby Jaycee playing crazy like he Jay-Z on Beyonce, talking chickies on the major. Fuck rhymes. Flaving over pages full of phrases, paving mazes into the archive. Thought crimes. I'll have my reps. Mind wipes sparking nice despite the lies confided in. Papa Valerian, scaring. Pegasus glaring. The core states up in the amperin' week. Scaring me, daring me to erase my brain or go insane just like the Sphinx deranged. Sculpting mine, specifically mine. Like an elementary schooler's witchy lunchtime. Sloppily, choppily. Stumble taps to turvy through the blind eternities to the guild. City, looking pretty, guild packed in so much heat on the street. I could unsheath the freakiest freak in the ears at league or triple team the Silesian trees or steer the rear of a road from house to mirror. Angels breathing heavy, poros leaves and sweaty, intertwine our minds. I won't be one, go for and below, gonna make them go on. But my destiny was to meet a man with dreadlocks and streaks that crossed his eyes and she calls himself the Seeker. Name's Tezzeret. Catch your breath. I like the style you're rapping with. Let me tell you about the infinite consortium. Founded by the dragon Nicobolus Primordium. I quoted them, exhorted them, exhorted moratorium. Exhorted them to the complex of a lot of rush. The blood braids bludgeon the homunculus arbras and pulse the maelstrom like a porn-up startup. But I need a partner. I need an ally. I need someone who I know I can trust. And looking at you with your wizard tux, I think to myself, this guy fucks. Fuck brain, gonna tell the story like we oughta, like we gotta tap the bottom from beginning and I'll show you how we sculpt minds. Agents of artifice, I'm part of this, like Malin, the dishonestest, with Talis Roka, telepathic broker, drinking mocha, doing mindful yoga, hitting quotas, just like I told you, I'm better than all. Smooth like butter, bad cholesterol. Fuck brain, gonna tell the story like we oughta, like we gotta tap the bottom from beginning and I'll show you how we sculpt minds. Lose so deep, I'm a mind machine, I snap keep against Kasparov, pump fake the goat, then float all these, shake his head like a Magnus, age 13, not a feasted boy, don't call me Garrick, but insane in the membrane, if left unanswered, seal your fate, I'm Oracalcos, time to duel in the realm of shadows, in the game of magic, I'm Egyptian god, I'm a book that matches all a nitrous spark, but don't call me Chandra, I'm not impulsive, I like to brainstorm, I'm not impulsive, don't call me Raska, I'm not gonna ask it, I'll stone your mind, make you think ass backwards, I'm off the ban list, don't call me Oko, the plan for time bait, I'll make you choke, hold my beard. Call me Stone Cold, I'll stun your mind, make it freeze like Cold Stone, blank your fairy tale, call your Ronos, bash your lord, call me Vorthos, I'm no illusion, I won't be fading, I'll steal your thoughts like a new deck fading, but I'm not disheveled, I'm fly as shit, like a mono blue, I'll mix a list, we'll tap your mind and make you weary, then destroy your world just like the hearing. Let this put all speculation to rest. If you disagree that I'm better than all, I'm a terminus the shit out your board, bro. Terminus the shit out your board. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Yo, what up, dude? Good to be back. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, I'm excited to uh, be. Uh, I'm gonna go hang out with some friends this weekend, and uh, we're gonna we're running like a beach house, and we're gonna we're gonna play some EDH. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I would love to. If I if I were to build an EDH deck, I would build Guafa Hazid, uh, only because the the only I don't really have much interest in playing EDH except for I the times that I have, I very much enjoyed. When players are trying to do everything they can to win, like they're not sidestepping to let people do fun stuff, because then it oh, feels yeah, like yeah. well, that's that's CEDH, that's cl- uh, c- competitive EDH. There's a whole format for you for you, Phil. Oh no, Phil's Phil's gone dark. Everybody, <laughs> I, I haven't gone dark. I'm just I, I'm I'm fixing my my sound issues over here. So uh, I have I have sound issues going on, which uh, you know should not happen with somebody yeah. who. Uh, does a lot of audio for <laughs> all right. Well, well, while while we're talking about uh, 
that, let's uh, real fast. This is not going to be a, a episode about EDH, but I, I should let you guys know uh, like some of the ideas behind behind like what the CDH decks that I have are. Like, there's a uh, Carrick, the like son of Yagma. Dude, I love that nobody there. There is no established accepted way to pronounce. No, there's none, uh, and that's basically Crick, just Carrick, like Carrick. You play. Uh, What's it called? You you play a bunch of stuff and basically it's it's like a funny storm deck that like you try and get to four mana as fast as possible and then like you recast uh, Leshrax right over and over again because it's an enchantment that you can bounce back to your hand for two black. So it costs you eight life to like bounce it back and forth into your hand. But when you get to uh, Aetherflux Reservoir, you get to a point where I think it's like 34 life. If you have 34 life, you can like win the game right from there. And also, he, he when you are storming out like that, you just make a really fat life linker. Yeah, well, the the thing is, is like if you, if he lasts for a turn in Cedh, like he's probably not going to get to attack. Someone's going to get get rid of him. So That's you right, have yeah. to you, you have to basically like because you're playing like Thoughtseize, Duress, stuff like that to like try and hit the uh, spells that like your opponent would play to kill him. But chances are, like, who, who, if you pass the turn after that thing goes off, everybody at the table, there are three players that are like, we got to kill that guy before he before the game's over. Um, so you're unlikely to be able to attack with him. You just put the target straight on your head, yeah. Then the other one that I have is, like, there's a lot of fun things to do with Marcel, which uh, I don't yep. know if you know who, who what Marcel is, but the idea the is... Pretender, a, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's a super fun card to play in EH period because you can do things like... One, almost every card that goes in that deck is is literal draft trash from like the last 27 years of Magic the Gathering. You can get like Minion of Leshrac that's like, it has you know, all these things that have like ridiculous upkeeps and are just like unplayable garbage are awesome on that card because it's just four mana. Now you have a Minion of Leshrac that doesn't have an upkeep cost or like uh, just all these cool like uh, abilities that you can that you can just like spam onto him you can get to a point where you got like aetherling and you can blink him out he comes back oh, nice. in and gets yeah. a new a, a new one and they're all all the so what he does is anytime you put him into play you exile a uh artifact or creature from your graveyard or your hand and he gains the abilities of that card the activated abilities and they can use it he can use them once per turn so like you can uh blink out aetherling on each person's turn and basically keep gaining all these different things. And if you have something like anger in your graveyard with like a mountain in play, you could like play, uh, what is it? Arcanist, the omnipotent and like draw three cards, like every turn and blink them out for like one blue. There, there's a lot of fun things you can, you can do with that deck, but like the, the way that it wins is normally like you play, uh, Aetherling and like, uh, Nevin Ral's disc and you just blow up the board constantly until like you want to attack somebody. Yeah. For, uh, for anybody who's curious, Marisol's templating, uh, exiles the card with a counter on it, and then mm. uh, it gains the abilities of all those counters. So when it leaves counter. the battlefield, yeah. yeah, when it leaves the battlefield, it comes back. It retains those abilities. Yeah, the only way to interact with that is like is like the Eldrazi from like Oath of the Gatewatch that like yeah put stuff back in, put stuff yeah. back into into people's decks. Process um, it. Yeah. Then I have like uh, Lavinia, which is just basically like a, a total lock deck. Yeah. Uh, people play. Uh, Try to think. Uh, oh, uh, the other the other one that's like super fun is the um, the vampire Angie Falconrath. Oh yeah, because that's an auto win when she comes down, right? Well, it should be like, but you but you have to really stretch to get there because there are a limit on the number of like even playable like uh, madness, spells. madness spells, and you're just basically trying to get to a point where you get uh, 
you can discard a world gorger uh dragon and go infinite with uh what is it uh uh either dance of the dead or uh animate dead and then you uh pitch avison's judgment and like get him for a billion get him, yeah for anybody who's curious, Anji Falconrath uh, with Crimson Valk coming up. Anji Falconrath is one black red uh, for a one three with haste and uh, tap discard a card if it has madness. Uh, tap discard a card, draw a card. If it has madness, you get to untap it. So theoretically, when it comes down, if your entire deck is madness spells, you just draw your whole, you just loot your whole deck, yeah. and you know shenanigans can happen when your deck is flipped over. The issue with that is so there are some really good cards in that deck, but the issue is that if you if you just brick and like hit like five lands you're kind of out of things to do yeah it's if, if anybody played um <laughs> a long time ago when i was still playing any amount of standard it was way before arena came out but there was the cycling deck the six mana enchantment that we would it would etb cycling cost zero for you and then you would try and cycle essentially just you're put your whole deck in your hands because you'd cycle through your whole deck for free and then combo them out with like approach to the second sign after you made a bunch yeah. of mana um and it, Andre falcon wrath and edh reminds me of that yeah this is so the EDH is is like there's a limited amount of fun in my personal opinion to be had with EDH um, because the games are, are are relatively fast for the most part. And you're not like when I'm playing EDH with my friends, we're not really playing magic. We're just hanging out and, you know, magic is happening one fourth of the time. And we've watched yeah. Kroll on repeat the entire weekend. I don't know if you're a Kroll fan, Phil. Uh, I haven't great, watched it now. Great. Yet very terrible sci-fi movie. Uh, it's like Star Wars meets Conan. It's super bad. Uh, but so we just spend the whole weekend like, you know, doing that and like drinking and hanging out. And, you know, that'll be fun. That'll be a nice change of pace uh, after, you know, several, several, it feels like several years. A, year, I appreciate a year plus of, of all this nonsense. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And what I appreciate about uh, EDH and the deck building in that format is it's it's exactly what I want to do in Legacy, but Legacy offers me the competitive outlet that I also crave. Yeah, and I like would love like the middle ground, but uh, anytime I, I like I'm, if I'm looking for inspiration, a lot of the time I'll look at uh, winning EDH decks uh, just to see what kind of two card combinations people are putting together to try yeah. and do something busted, and be and and see if those cards incidentally are also uh legacy playable or fringe legacy playable because then maybe there's something going on uh and you can try and see like okay with the consistency of four ofs and uh trying to leverage a two-card combination of some kind maybe you can get something in legacy too that's happened a couple of times where i've like you know obviously had middling success but uh it's good inspiration for anybody who yeah. likes to brew in legacy edh is actually edh and modern are two good places to look for inspiration yeah definitely uh one of the great thing uh, to, to tie all this into legacy um, one of the great things you can do is scour like CDH and look at the decks that are big. And then when you see releases for uh, uh, commander decks and whatnot, you can see what cards would slot into those decks. And those are a big marker of uh, the, the MTG finance for mm -hmm. right now. Like, uh, you know, back, uh, what was this? When the second Ravnica came out, CDH started to get big. And that's when that's when like I think the last GP I went to was was like a day two to a limited GP. I can't day two a legacy GP. I can only day two limited GPs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I like you, legacy GPs. I imagine are you're going to have people who are just more more reps in the format, right? Yeah, like, well, limited that's, GPs are going to have limited reps. 
Well, this is the reason why I, I do well in, in limited GPs is I generally either have played a ton. Uh, so Dragons of Tarkir, I played a ton of Dragons of Tarkir and uh, I got a really good sealed pool. Like I couldn't, I, you know, like I got like four dragons in my sealed pool. Amazing. Um, or for whatever return to return to Ravnica second set was, I uh, I had been jamming the crap out of it on Arena, uh, and it had only been out for a week. So I got in there and knew what I was doing already. And that's just you know sometimes you luck out by knowing just already knowing what's happening. Um, anyhow, we should talk about Legacy. Uh, you were you were talking before uh, with me about uh, what the meta game looks like right now and, and about bannings. Yeah, we were well. So we're recording this on. Uh, we got the B and R list that just uh, didn't have legacy mentioned whatsoever. There was like brainstorm was banned in the historic or something. It's stuff that doesn't really matter for our yeah. listenership and or nor us really. I don't think. Um, but legacy was just not on that discussion at all. Not even like we're watching these cards or whatever. And so that made me. Th- like everybody thought, at least the Twitter response that I saw, which, you know, Twitter dictates the world, right? Um, all 200 people that are on it. And uh, essentially, like, people were surprised that it just got, it got shunned, right? That, like, legacy yeah. wasn't there at all. So it, it made me think, like, okay, it's been, bannings right now have been a hot topic. And I was thinking back, like, I, there was also the whole discussion with Ragavan being compared to uh, Deathrite Shaman, and people were like, Ragavan's better than Deathrite Shaman, and I think those people are crazy. But, uh, you know, Ragavan is still obviously very good. Uh, it's been in the in discussion as the card that needs to go, uh, as opposed to, like, the other contender being days and figuring out if you want to go after, like, the threat part of the um, Delver shell, if you will, be, Delver being threat wasteland days, right? like premier threat wasteland days is like the, yeah. the tempo shell and which one of that axis do you want to go after as, as a way to like solve this problem of Delver just being the best deck for the last 10 years. And so I was thinking back to when death Red shaman was removed from the format, what was its metagame share? And it hovered around 40% because it was, it was both in the Delver decks, but it was also in the non blue decks that just wanted a black mana dork that was incidentally also a threat. So when it was when it got the axe, its metagame share was at forty percent. Now, uh, for uh, reference as to like what the most popular cards are, we're looking at MTG top eight right now. The most played card in the format is Brainstorm at fifty two point five percent of decks over the last two months. So it's, this is taking a meta share or a, a look at the last two months of all the tournaments that have been uh, submitted to MTG top eight to get what percentage uh, is of cards is in which decks. So it's Brainstorm at fifty two and a half percent, Force of Will at fifty one and a half percent. All four of us. Ponders at just under 51%, almost all four of us. And then the next card is Wasteland, Misty Rainforest, Scalding Tarn, Polluted Delta, Volcanic Island, Flooded Strand, in that order, all hovering around uh, upper 36% to lower 41%. Or upper, uh, lower 41%. Wasteland is just shy of 49%. So it's in half of decks. You're going to run into Wasteland half of the time. But then the next card after those lands, so it goes the two cantrips, Force of Will, lands and then the next card is days at 34.4 percent of decks then caracas which isn't really fair as you mentioned because caracas shows up on average as a 1.4 of in 32.8 percent of decks yeah. so you're going to see caracas like caracas will be it's, in it's a third of your opponent's decks it's important it, yeah. distinction to make that that you you some of these cards aren't four ofs in every deck you know 
Yeah. So like all the lands, like there's a, a variety split, you know, based on what mana bases are going to be. Brainstorm, Ponder, Force of Will, all four of us, pretty much. Wasteland, three and a half, which means that some people, like there are some decks like the Sagavan decks that can't afford to play uh, all four Wastelands. Some people are uh, in control decks are playing a couple of Wastelands. Like there's the four color band, uh, shell that plays uh, one or two Wastelands. Yeah. So that brings the number down. But more or less, if you're running into a Wasteland deck, you're going to run into uh, it- at least three of them phil does it trigger you that ponder is 3.9 percent yeah, yeah. played that's that's There's, in fact you know that right it's clear whatever <laughs> is bringing uh ponder and 50.9 percent of decks down to 3.9 on average in deck the point one whoever's doing the point one off is, is doing it wrong you're, you're just doing it wrong you are just wrong you're doing it wrong oh anyway, so, so good so Krakus is one point average of one point one point four copies in uh, a third of decks, which means that it's present, but it's a one of, so it's not going to be, you know, constant. Then we get to Ragavan. Ragavan's in twenty six point one percent of decks as three point eight copies. So more or less, if you run into Ragavan, it's going to be a four of. It's a four of, and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna run into it a quarter of the time. It's it's twenty six point one percent of decks. The only that, the only reason that I can see that Ragavan wouldn't be a like a four is that people just can't afford to put four of them in their deck. I was going to say it's either people can't afford to play it's too four, new still. Or, or they're hedging in some capacity on the legend rule or the red's a splash. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... I think, I, think if, like, I think it's MTG finance reasons. It in, might in be finance. Opinion. It is 3.8 on average to the, the decks that aren't playing four are few. Uh, then you have uh, some removal spells between Source of Plushers and Lightning Bolt. Those are both in quarter of decks based on whether or not you're playing white or red. And yep. then you have Merktide region in a flat quarter of the format at three co- average of three, three copies. copies. Wow, As opposed that's to wild. Copies, yeah. How much is Merktide region? Are we Merktide region is not expensive enough to uh, to not warrant that? Twenty five dollars. All right. Oh, it moved up when it was yeah. first released. It was, was like it was twelve bucks or something. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't that expensive. People also weren't didn't realize like how good the card was at the time. They yes. knew it was good, but they didn't realize how good. So you I mean, have, I, I uh, remember I remember pooping on it immediately, being like, "It's blue." It's going to get red blasted, but like, apparently if you just put four of them in your deck, if, if every threat in your deck is blue, then, you know, your, your opponent has to start making water decisions about how, how they uh, do the red blasts. So if we want to take a look at the difference between why is Ragavan at 26.1% and Days is at 34.5%, the difference there is combo decks, right? The combo decks that aren't going to want Ragavan that are also going to play Days. Like in fact, Doomsday, yeah. in fact, Show and Tell. So that gap is about 13%, so or 12.5%. So you're looking at uh, approximately 12.5% gap of combo decks that's making days more played. Yeah. Now, 26.1%, even though the format is new, it's not like it's unknown that what the best decks in the format are, right? There, it's like, I, I feel like even though people may still be acquiring MH2 cards, if they're playing in paper, they know what the metagame looks like like yeah. the 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 sagavan decks and the blue red blue red shell maybe the jeskai shell that won like the legacy pit open like those are known quantities and the space to reinvent the format with mh2 cards i i feel like that time is is we're, we're past that point right it's been out long enough and and moto has had enough time that we know what the format looks like there's been a big paper tournament where we know what decks rose to the top and where the format has essentially settled out so if we look at Deathrite Shaman, when it went, and the reason for it going was it homogenized the format because it was showing up in uh, bug control lists and it was showing up in the Delver tempo shells, um, and I was at 40%. And they said that that homogenized the format at 40%. 
that if that's the threshold by comparison, then Ragavan theoretically is safe from the banhammer until it hits another 14% of the format. Yeah. So if now I'm not saying like who knows, like the, the reason that they ban cards is different every single time. Like the it, rationale, it always is. It's yeah. never consistent. So like you can't rely on what that is. However, if you were somebody who's like, I've sold my Ragavans or I'm or I'm I'm not buying into Ragavans because of the threat that it's gonna get. You got uh, time. You got or, time. It's one of those things where no, even if people are very loud, it isn't dominant enough of the format, it seems like, to be shifting what people are playing. Now, it may be dominant at top tables. It may put up a bunch of uh, results. But at the same time, Delver always did that. That's not new. Delver taking most of the top eight uh, slots of any given competitive event, that's been the thing for 10 years. So if it's the, 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 the shell of Delver top eighting that is hard to argue like that that's always going to be the case as long as the shell exists yeah but if it's ragavan particular in the ban list this isn't to argue one way or the other that ban that ragavan should or should not go that aside comparing it historically to uh the other one drop threat that fit into that slot uh of the delver shell that escalated it to being to staying the best deck in the format ragavan has a ways to go so yeah. if you wanted to get in on ragavan it looks like you have time uh, take that with a grain of salt, obviously, but it's still got almost half of half of the metagame share to go uh, before it hits Deathrite Shaman levels. Murktide, there's been some argument that Murktide, like some people want to see Murktide go because they think it's the more powerful threat. It deals with, uh, a, 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 I, I, I don't think so. I think so, that's but so silly. <laughs> it, is ha- it has come up in the conversation though, right? Like I, you've heard yeah. that. That's not Oh me. yeah, of course. Uh, but same thing. Murktide is in a quarter of decks as a three of, it also has a bunch of ways to go before it would even be a consideration. Expressive iteration is actually the next spell uh, beyond the removal spells between Bolt and Plow. Expressive iterations uh, hovering just under uh, 23% at three and a half copies. It's played in everything that can play blue and red. People splash it. And then right under it is Urza Saga. And then you get into Lotus Petal and then Tundra finishing out uh, the top list here on page one of this list. The first non-Delver, non-blue card outside of removal spells. You have Force Negation, Dragon Rage, General, or Prismatic Ending that show up just under 20%. Uh, then a couple of lands. You have Ancient Tomb because that's a pillar. Uh, you have Underground Sea. Delver of Secrets still shows up at 15, 15.1% of decks. So like all of the cards that are in the Delver shell uh, have surpassed Delver on how much is played, but Delver still sees play at 15, 15.1% of decks as a three of. And you know, while, while, while we're while we're on Delver, real fast, I, I just want to cut cut in. We'll go back to Lion's Eye Diamond in a second. Um, it's so funny to me that like a year, two years ago, you and I like you got me on board of like the Band Delver plan, and would we be where we are now if we had gotten rid of Delver then? So I was on the Band Delver plan then because there wasn't anything to compete with Delver at the time. For sure, yeah. I mean, right? I, like, I'm, it, I'm it just was, saying, like, if if we had. If we had banned Delver then, do you think the shell would even still exist or oh. would people have moved on? I you know, The shell would exist because it would have just come back, right? People yeah. would do the same thing they, they would be doing now, except Delver would be like laughably on the ban list at this point. Yeah. But back then, Delver was the only thing, right? Like Delver was the sweeping threat, like nothing else compared to Delver at the time. And then my uh, opinion on everything changed because at no point did I think they were just going to arbitrarily power creep Delver of Secrets. Right, like it just didn't it didn't cross my mind that we were going to get to a world where Delver's Secrets was going to be the third or fourth best one drop that shell could play because at the t- it was like 
over the course of history, it was like Delver of Secrets and then Deathrite Shaman, which was just like this, the addition of one drop. And then yep. the next thing down was what? Not Mongoose? Yeah. Which is, which is like, you know, tier seven. I mean, I love my, I love Mongoose. You, you gotta love your Mongoose. <laughs> but, but the, at the time it was like, it was unthinkable that they would power creep Delver of Secrets multiple times in, in the same year. Yeah. Right. So that's where my perspective shifted because I was like, okay, if this is the trajectory of where cards are going to get, if like the power level is going to continue at this trajectory, then the systemic problem then becomes days, which is where I got on the uh, days. If, if something does need to go, I got on the argument that it's days that needs to go over the threats. Not because I think that days is more powerful than those threats, but because days is the systemic problem where every threat is going to get pushed by days, as opposed to if you remove threats and they just print more threats, then the issue stays the same and you're solving a symptom as opposed to a systemic issue that underlies those that 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 problem. So that's where my argument for it comes from. And the 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 argument that came back was the Jeskai decks have been cutting some number of dazes. Not all the decks play four dazes, some play two days or three days. And I was saying that the the one element that Daze has that Ragavan sort of has in the dash mechanic, but if your opponent goes turn one Ragavan and they're playing two days in their deck, you're still playing as though they have four. If you yeah. don't know that they have two, the presence of days is what warps behavior. Yeah. If, if the format is, lost days, you would definitely play very differently. If the format lost days and the, it would be similar to modern where if somebody goes turn one Ragavan and you go turn one removal spell, that removal spell is going to resolve unless they decide to him themselves off of a force effect. Yeah. And you could also play around force negation by waiting until their upkeep, at which point there's more dynamic play because people could be playing other counter and they're like untapped or yeah. yeah yeah uh so there's there's other ver ways of counterplay to decide what you want to play around based on what you like think might be the best thing to be doing but if the uh, idea would be to play around days at least you could go turn one i'm going to bolt your ragavan and you know that it's not just going to trade like one for one and then you're just going to be leagues behind because you lost the die roll right so it's like even if they're only playing if they're playing a single days but they go Ragavan on the play. You your entire play pattern is warped to uh, just assume that they're going that they they could have days, and therefore yeah. you need to either respect it or understand that like whatever you throw into it is hopefully not backbreaking for you. Anyway, yes. so this is we're, we're not trying to make this a, a topic of uh, band discussion, but that's where the argument comes from. Let's going go back to a uh, Lion's Eye Diamond. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, you have you have Lion's Eye Diamond, which is a pillar of combo decks, and then you have Sylvan Library as the first non straight delver shell what? card that shows up at 14% of 14% de of decks as a two of so of all the creatures the, for what it's worth uh the next non i guess it is a delver threat because it's urza saga the next threat to be on this list is retrofitter foundry uh at 12% of decks so in terms of creatures specifically creatures in legacy no creature shows up the most played creature right now is ragavan then Murktide Regent, both at just a, a quarter percent of decks. Then Dragon's Rage Channeler, more or less the same decks, but it's an 18% of decks as opposed to 25% of decks. And then the next, th the actual non-Delver threat, the first one, is an until Endurance at 11% of the format at two copies. Endurance. Wow. Wowzers. Indeed. I was about to Uro ask. Uro is next at 10%. So it's pretty much the same. It's like Endurance is going to see play in like, Cloud Post, uh, you know, Maverick, uh, decks that aren't playing blue. The discrepancy between a literal percent here, between 11.4 and 10.4% between Endurance and Uro, that 1% is the non-blue green decks. That's wild, man. 
That's it. Those are the, they're, they're, there's your threats. There Dude, isn't it's so funny to me looking at looking at these decks. I'm just like scouring uh, legacy decks. I was like, you know what? Like one of the few decks I can still like put together and play was Death Shadow. I wonder if Death Shadow exists around here. It does, but Death Shadow is now a three color deck that plays Ragavan as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it, it's it's easy. If if anybody is curious, uh, it's not until you get into sub sub ten percent of decks that you start to get into like the other creatures. Stoneforge Mystic is the first white creature to show up at uh, just over eight and a half percent of decks. Brazen Borrower is at the same rate, but only uh, at just under a two of as opposed to a four of. Brazen Borrower, you have, you come on. Elvish, Elvish Reclaimer at eight percent. Um, that's also uh, as a three and a half to four of, uh, and then that. Goes down, you have Grizzlebrand in the Reanimator decks. You have Snapcatcher, Snapcaster Mage as a two of and 7% of decks. So any any of the control decks that are playing a couple copies. Baleful Strix shows up as a three of in 6.7% of decks. What? M- Mother of Ruins is at the same rate. Once you get to page five of the most played cards, <laughs> it looks like if you were to guess uh, where DNT sits in the metagame right now, it hovers around six and a half to seven percent because that's where all the white cards are. Literally, yeah, stack literally. Mother of Rooms, Recruiter of the Guard, Dard, Athalia. Uh, Flicker Wisp all, is down there. Yeah. Yeah, they're all at the same percentage uh, within a within a percent of each other. Yep. So you know that that that's your metagame. Your metagame. It's a it's a blue metagame. You're going to run into Brainstorm Force or Will Ponder half of the time. You're going to run into Ragavan decks a quarter of the time. They're likely going to have Murktide Regent alongside them. Uh, every, one in every five matches, you're going to run into a Dragon Rage Channeler deck. Uh, one in every six games, you're going to run into Lion's Eye Diamond, or every six matches, rather. Uh, and that's it. You're like you're going to run into Ancient Tomb uh, just under, just over 17% of the time. But that's the metagame. How do you feel about it? I I mean, it's fine, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's fine. I, I think people people will always be salty about losing to brainstorm days decks. They're never going to be. No one's no one's ever happy unless they're actually also playing that deck. They're like, "Yep, my deck is good, but it didn't get it didn't win the coin flip or you know draw the right cards, etc." Like to me, that's legacy, man. That's good. Like good legacy play is like managing your brainstorms properly, managing your ponders properly. Wastelanding the right the right land, you know. Like I don't I don't know. I think that this is a totally fine metagame, and you know, yeah. Are, is it not fun to play against the same decks over and over again? Yeah. Well, what does that come down to? If you don't like lose losing uh, the mirror match from Ragavan to Ragavan deck, don't play a Ragavan deck, man. Play the deck to beat the Ragavan deck. They exist. They're out there. Obviously, you know. Like not every. Uh, not every deck that wins these th- these bigger events are Ragavan decks, you know. I personally yeah. think that Death and Taxes is a great is a great uh, deck to go up against those decks. If you're a skilled pilot with Death and Taxes, it's proven that it it has the the wherewithal to take down those decks. And that's a nice um, cheap would, deck as as far as uh, building a deck is concerned. I was listening to uh, a podcast uh, earlier that uh, Eric Virgo was on. Shout out to Eric, how you doing, bud? Um, and he was talking about how he's enjoyed playing modern as of late because it doesn't have the same stress on it uh, to play certain cards that legacy does because the, 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 the compression that wasteland and days put on the format to lower curves. Yeah. He's saying just doesn't, because that doesn't exist in modern, it's a whole different experience of like what, if, if you're looking for something different. And it made me think that like, 
having both wasteland and days when i heard that as opposed to uh, the the first thing that i thought of was what are the pressures that keep those cards down like the the more expensive cards essentially like the cards that are that the those two cards, Wasteland and Days, compressing the format, push out what cards, and what are the ways that you could combat Wasteland and Days? Now, the ways that you combat Days, you have to lower your curve because you have to be able to get to play around Days yep. by playing through its tax sooner. So the compression there is high, is, is high. Uh, or the, the 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 way to play around, um, like playing through Days rather, is you have to lower your curve so you can get past that tax faster, right? Yeah. If you're playing a three drop, it's going to take you an additional turn than a two drop. Easy, easy math, right? For Wasteland, the way that you can play, uh, you can combat through Wasteland is just either sequencing so you're not running out your non-basics or play a deck that steers away from non-basics. Yeah. Or uh, you can lower your curve so that if you do get wasted, it's not, yeah, it, it doesn't blow you out. So the compression on Wasteland to lower the format, you have deck building, you can turn to deck building beyond just lowering your curve to play around a Wasteland. You can just play basics, and then your opponent will have dead wastelands on the table. And if they're playing a, a, a deck that doesn't have any colorless spells in it, a lot of Delver is that right now, right? So think of Delver as colloquially like what blue-red is right now, even if it doesn't have Delvers. Between expressive iteration and all of the one-mana spells, there isn't really much that Wasteland is going to help you cast. Maybe Quarter Cunning's out of the board, maybe a TNN out of the board. Um, clearly, uh, Doggos love uh, the idea of Wasteland as well. He's out there uh, barking it. He's out there repping, repping wasteland. The 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 idea of that of that shell, you can turn to deck building to play around wasteland in ways that you can't do that with days. So it's it, it's more argument of like where days has more uh, compression on the format in in my view than wasteland, even though they work in tandem to compel the same things. And I I, I didn't really think about uh, days versus wasteland in that capacity until I heard Eric talk about. The comparison to modern where it just doesn't exist because i was like well i play a lot of miracles which means i play a lot of basics and a lot of the time i just will see wastelands sometimes wasteland will catch me because i'm i'm constrained and i have to search up a duel and it sucks but other times like players will have wastelands across the table for me and i just don't care like it's just yeah. not a relevant thing to me because i can play through it through my choice of deck building to have a more stable mana base whereas regardless of what my mana base looks like like days looks the same yeah, the only way to play through that is to lower my curve, and that is a, a, another deck building constraint that Days provides to the rest of the format. Even if you don't run up against Days at all over the course of a tournament, you show up to that tournament having built your deck in preparation for yeah. Days, the same way that you'll do for Wasteland, but you'll do it in a different way. It would be interesting to see what the format would look like without without Days. You know, like would we see more three four mana spells? You know, I, I don't think at first we would initially, but I think I think it might it might trend towards that in time. There, there's interesting implications to me on like when the the idea of like if days goes, then all of a sudden combo becomes too powerful. Well, some of combo lose days; they can't be as fast because mm-hmm. they don't have a free counter spell to just back up a, a kill. But for for the combo decks that don't play days, it might change the play patterns where some players might play slower. But it also means that whatever counter magic or ways to interact with their playing might be more damning than what days is because you can like combo decks with fast mana may be able to play through days faster through fast mana yeah. whether it be with lotus petal more people uh, would be playing stuff like tormod's crypt and whatnot like maybe even main 
to like deal with that stuff too. Like I think the, the idea of trying to predict what the format would look like without days as just like flatline, like here are these broad stroke things that happened if days isn't around. Yeah. I, I I don't think that there's, there's no way for us to really know what that looks like because we've also never played in a world where we would, even think about what that looks like. No. Deck building has, there, there's in, in all of Legacy's tenure that we've ever played it, there has never been a time where you haven't built a deck with the idea that days isn't in the format. So the 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 way the means of interaction to stop combo for being like more powerful because days isn't around, the idea that like Delver is the police of the format, I I, I don't know how any how any of us can really assume that we would know what that would look like because we have no historical precedent to be like here's what it would look like that just that just doesn't exist there's yeah. there's nothing that there's nothing we can turn to to be like oh yeah it would look something similar to this the only the the, the closest thing in my mind is we can look to modern and see like what kind of cards that are legacy playable also see play in modern or what kind of cards could be legacy playable that see play in modern because they don't have to worry about days now granted there's like some things like um, Omnath, like four color Omnath and Elementals. Yeah. That's easy to play because there's no wasteland, so they can play all the colors. Barring that kind of stuff, like who knows what that what the legacy format would look like without that. So I, I think any of the discussion of like the slippery slope argument of like like who like legacy would become combo winter if it didn't have days is. Um, uh, it's a little disingenuous. It's me. funny. It's funny looking. Uh, you know, I, as you were saying that, I had to like just check look at the top played cards in in modern it's funny that the top played cards in both uh formats are basically a boon spell it's lightning bolt in in modern yeah yeah i mean it's just the most efficient removal spell right yeah uh yeah prismatic ending i won't name lands so lightning bolt and then you skip like 10 things get a mishra's bobble prismatic ending and ragaman and mm-hmm. a dragon yeah, rage chandler counterspell I forgot Counterspell is now in the format. Urza's yeah. Saga and uh, Teferi Time Raveler and then Unholy Heat. It's Fire Design and like the Free Spell and Mish's Bobble. And that's yep. that's modern. It, it, it's it's Bolt, Fire Design, Mish's Bobble. Wild. Wild. For any, Wild. For, so, so that's what the format looks like. So uh, essentially the, the point of all this is to say that it doesn't look like if, if something were to go, at least from metagame share, Days is way closer Clearly, to Death yeah. by Shaman Shethold of 40% than Ragavan is. But transgressing things need a place to live. Yeah, transgressing, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, it, it, like uh, Days getting six more percent of the format, that I think either Combo would need to uptick, Delver would need to uptick, which would, if Delver upticks that shell, then Ragavan would go with it. So Ragavan would hit 30% by the time Days hits uh, close to 40%. Or combo picks up, in which case Days would go up by itself. So Days is closer to that threshold. Uh, the other cards, Ponder, Brainstorm, Force of Will, are well above it. And then nothing else is really, really close. Nor is anything else really in discussion on the Van Hammer. Murktide's way down there. It's not going anywhere. But that's it. So if anybody was looking to uh, either move into that deck, move into Ragavans, it looks like you're safe. You're at good. Least from this, at, least, at least from this perspective. Do it, Doug. Uh, safe. Phil, Phil said he'll buy them back from you if you uh, if if you buy in now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, it is one of those things where, like, that, that's one of the things where it's like we look at results, uh, but 
the the thing is like results haven't always been a, a predicator of like what they look at for bands. Like sometimes like best decks just get to be best decks. And it's not until something is oppressive or objectively, obviously broken, like underworld breach that they will take aggressive action. Or if it shuts out a swath of decks that they want in the format, the way Renin six did. Um, where it's just like, yeah, you can't play your X one decks anymore. But right now from this standpoint, Ragavan uh, is not going to go anywhere. So uh, sorry if you wanted it to go. It doesn't look like that's going to happen uh, anytime soon. Uh, but who knows? Maybe noise, enough noise still makes it happen. But for anybody who doesn't like Legacy right now and isn't really interested in modern because you just want to get away from Ragavan and Merktide. Is this your plug for uh, EDH or plug for no, this Flesh and Blood? Pi- this is my plug for Pioneer, man. <laughs> so there, Blood out, Flesh and Blood. <laughs> here's, here's, here's my pitch for players to play Pioneer. If you like Legacy... We got them, Phil. They came in the mail, by the way. Oh, did they? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flesh and Blood. We'll talk about Flesh and Blood uh, on the next episode. We're part of the Ponzi scheme. (laughs) Um, So if you like Legacy, I think you would really enjoy... I I highly would recommend trying out Pioneer. I love Pioneer, man. It's a lot of fun. Here's my reasons why I think Pioneer is an entirely different experience but you still get a, a, what feels like legacy power level without any of the play patterns of legacy that make it feel like a whole new experience in a game that you've played forever. The main things are it's not a fetch land format, right? And that, that one, if, if, if you, if you want to experience just let, um, magic in a whole different way, the most egregious mistake that magic has ever made is fetch lands. They're not going anywhere ever, but they are the most, toxic devastatingly negative thing to happen to the game ever a lot of good has come from them there's a lot of intricate play patterns that have come out of it but the the damage that le- that in my opinion that fetch lands have done to the game and and cards that have uh been axed from the game as a result of fetch lands or broken because of fetch lands is well higher than what uh the the good that they have done of letting you have perfect mana bases yeah. so brainstorm being at 52 and a half percent of decks that's not brainstorm that's fetch lands that's fetch lands yeah like brainstorm gets the benefit from being the most played card, but it's because of fetch lines. Like the top play cards, once you get past force of will, ponder is really good. Ponder is also very good because of fetch lands. Brainstorm is obviously only good because of fetch lands. And then you have wasteland, and then you have misty rainforest, scalding tar, and polluted delta, and flooded strand, with volcanic island like mixed in. Like we skip that gap of like the most played cards, but like fetch lands being the most played cards are indicative that like yeah, zero mana instant speed tutors. Uh, for perfect mana bases is unhealthy, and I'm sure if that, you like, added up that that their percentage and the number of times they're played in a deck, it would go over the blue cantrips that are that are listed there for sure. Totally. Also, like there are a bunch of cards that like we don't necessarily think of that get infinitely better because fetch lands exist. Sylvan Library, we had to go far on the list. Better because of fetch lands. Life from the Loam, an entire pillow of the format, playable because fetch lands exist. What about like Delver of Secrets? Delver of Secrets has an incidental <laughs> value off of, yeah. uh, off of it. Because uh, you can look and be like, no, that sucks. I don't want that card. Fetch? Yeah, like, like, hey, Prismatic Ending, you can have perfect mana, and you can hit your your, thir- your third and fourth mana if you want to because yeah. you have uh, fetch lands. Every, everything, everything is fetch lands. Up in, like, every, every problem that you'll ever see is the result is probably because fetch lands broken. Yeah. Deathrite Shaman's on the ban list because of fetch lands. All the delve cards that are on the ban list because yeah. of fetch lands. No, so, de- de- like Deathrite Shaman was was trash and standard when it was out. It was like it was you played, played it, a two of it in a sideboard. Yeah, you played it reanimator mirror. Yep, and, and and maybe you played it in like Jund because you were like, eh, 
you know, late game, this is a closer. So in a stalemate. I am firmly in the camp that like any type of band discussion that you have, you are implicitly accepting that like fetch lands are actually the inherent problem with like any underlying foundational argument that you can make. And then once we accept that we just, we are moving past that, then we can have the discussion, but it's just it, at this point, it is just implicitly, it has to be accepted. It's just like fetch lands are the, are the actual problem. Anyway, pioneer doesn't have any of that. You yes. have fabled passage, but fabled passage only gets basics only gets them untapped. If it's your fourth land drop. So it's not going to fix your mana in the early game. And it's not going to be able to be abused like by getting, you know, four and five color decks. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, the other thing about Pioneer, though, is that because Pioneer doesn't have fetch lands, things like Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise are legal, and they're at a power level that is totally acceptable, but they're still good, obviously, because they're powerful cards. But you have to do things to enable them, whether that's playing a lot of uh, cards that cantrip, playing cards that fill your yard, but you still have access to legacy powerful level cards in Pioneer without the abusiveness that fetch lands enable in the older formats. On top of that, all of these other decks that feel like they should be playable in Legacy, you can play that like uh, have cards legal in Pioneer. You can play in Pioneer, and you can play them in a way that they are booned because of the Legacy level banned cards that exist in that format. So you can play Control yeah. with your Dig Through Times, and it's totally fine. Where you can do your trades, and it's it. You can play Arclight Phoenix. Arclight Phoenix is fringy in Legacy. Yeah. It's not going to win a tournament anytime soon, but you can play that as a legitimate deck in Pioneer. The amount of brewing space that you can do... There's a lot, a, a lot of brewing space. A lot of brewing space. A lot of brewing space. All the companions are still legal. So, like, Luris is legal in that format, but there's just, there isn't... It's not like in Modern where you can just start flipping through your Mishra's Bubble over and over every turn because that Mishra's Bubble doesn't exist in the format. Yep. You can get cute and play shit like... Maybe you get your second copy of Oath and Nissa, but, like... You got to go deep. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it's way more interesting. And uh, I imagine that like a lot of the cards or the newer cards and more recent cards in the last like five or six years that you are interested in playing in Legacy that you can't play because they're not powerful enough, you could play in Pioneer. The other big talking point for Pioneer, no Modern Horizons cards exist in the format. Get them out MH1, of here. MH2 does not exist in Pioneer. That's not part of that format. So if you are tired of playing... Uh, Legacy and Modern, which are just MH2 constructed, you can play Pioneer and have a whole different experience. So uh, yeah. for anybody who's like tired of Legacy and is like, I need to take a break from this, rather than take a, a break from Magic, highly recommend Pioneer. Or EDH. Or EDH, <laughs> there you go, yeah. Which is, which, which, you, you know, you, you'll, you'll at least see see uh, not four ofs of, of Ragavan there. You too could build Guafa Hazid. We yeah. could all play Guafa Hazid Four Guafa Hazid decks. Yeah, man. The table. <laughs> Who Guafa Hazid's the other Guafa? That would be it, it would be an interesting uh an interesting game, I think. Well, I think that kind of does it for for tonight. I'm about to fall asleep. I'm gonna I I, I should we <laughs> uh, can we get uh title suggestions real quick? Title suggestions for this for this show? Yeah, I'm gonna say uh we're, let's say call it uh we're living in Guafa's world. It's, it's Guafa's world. We're, it's Guafa's, it's Guafa's world. world. We're just living in it. We're all just trying to draw <laughs> cards. All right. Well, uh, I think that does it for this week. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank our Patreons. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, supporting the show. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this, watch us on YouTube as well or subscribe to our YouTube channel because I put these shows up on YouTube and you can see me and Phil uh, 
you know, talking at each other. I, I drank like seven beverages while, while Phil was on a rant at one point. So that's a fun Easter egg for you to watch. If you also don't have <laughs> a strong opinion about anything that we said that would get you to weigh in, just, uh, you know, leave us a, a happy As More to Marduka Dicina Coldicar. As More to Marduka Dicina Coldicar to you too as well, sir. And and it is More to Marduka Dicina Coldicar to all of our listeners. Right back at them. All right. Good night. Have a good one, everyone. Man, Fosa Phil, you ain't know what the fuck you talking about, bro. You ain't no blue mage. Hey, like I ain't spent since Divine Top. Like I ain't tried to set up a miracle seven minute time walk. Tapping and casting that kind of magic that's slapping all of the magic. You're stacking that's like in the back end of cabin back of flashing them back. You're saddened by my lack of compassion. Boy, you're slacking, I'm snacking. Like I ain't the best to play this game. Force the negation targets your past in flames. Like I ain't been to infinite convention centers where the magic Twitter hashtag it really ain't the same. Like I ain't frightening, never through lightning. Like I ain't lost money trying to buy out brightling. Like I ain't a fixture, think a big picture. Shuffle back my graveyard, drink an elixir. You know I'm sculpting your mind, we'll go into time easy. Raveling time, the stack is all mine. Sleazy. Heart in the veil, forcing your spell. Always shuffling. And ponders and ask if you would like to reveal Seriously? Like I never got choked Never got cataclysm to crater hoped Like I never ever stared at a devil or a chalice to shepherd And planned out every way that I could kill myself So pray tell, what if what's never happened? How much more time in life would I spend being happy? Would it be a travesty to never see the epiphany of seeing a miracle Oh, guns are drowsy getting splattered Like I ain't smart, like I ain't hard Like I ain't sweet with the border drawn three cards Like I ain't chic, like I ain't slick Like I ain't properly stacking these predicts Like I ain't mall, like I ain't keep Like my sorceries ain't an instant Speed, like I ain't smooth, like I ain't cool, like I ain't treat the angels what it do, what it, what it, what it. Try to come at me, tell me I ain't no, I'm a terminus the shit out of the board, bro. Terminus the shit.